It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus... You're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey! Here it is! Welcome! to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Anaheim Mighty Ducks. That's a nice look, G. Yeah, Bush. I like it. Is Shout that out. new or just the first time you've worn it? I wore it before, like, you know what I'm saying? I felt like in a, in a hockey sense, so, you know, I just wanted to be festive. I'm a big hockey fan. Um, I used to play in NHL 94. No kidding, going yeah. way back. NHL 94. Shout out to Jeremy Roenick, man. Yeah, Jeremy Roenick mm-hmm. ruled back yeah, in the day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yadmir Yager. Mm-hmm. Oh, intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> intense. Paul Coffey. They had, look, back then, I used Two to. Two-way player. I, I used to, Eric Lindroff, when, when he was younger when I was, Eric oh. Lindroff was, was six foot six. 250 running around on people. He was going to change the game forever when oh, he came yeah, in, and uh, he did for a minute. Yeah, he did. Then but he had, had the concussions. Yeah. Then you See, had... I liked when guys beat each other up in hockey. I enjoyed that. Well, that's most fans do. Yeah. Yeah. And now Man. it's out of the game. You know, Mario it's the Lemieux. best seat well, it's, in sports. It's not when you're, out of the game. When you're on the, the ice, way. it's the best ticket. In you sports. mentioned that the other day, Jay. It's not out of the game. They, they still fight. Oh, very little. Trust I mean, me. Compar- I mean, when I became a yes, fan, when but I was it's eight, still in the game. I couldn't watch a 20-minute stretch of of NHL without seeing. A great fight. And you should have seen, like, I Which did. Which is why I watched when I was a I kid. I did hockey play-by-play in the minors for one year. And in the minor leagues. Oh, it's brutal. It's crazy. Yeah. Why? It's like the movie Slapshot. They're it all, fights it, every minute. It really is. Yeah. Or it was. I and don't know they, what it's and like And they now. still fight in the minors, but not yeah. nearly as much as they used to. Why? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, like, hockey in North America, hockey in North America, obviously as big as Canada. But when you look at it in, in the United States, back then at that time period, you got to think about it. I was watching hockey just as much as I was watching like other sports, like really? ESPN, like I, you know, like me too. When it was on ESPN, ESPN, and then when it left ESPN, it was like it's the worst a- move the NHL ever made, and now they've gone back to right. It's ESPN. too late, man. It's too, too late. late. I mean, well, I mean, they'll they'll build another generation of fans, but they lost all their momentum. Yeah, but people don't, as you know, we've talked about this. People don't sit and watch ESPN like they used to. They don't. It's, it's more appointment viewing four games. Right. It's, and, you know, in the old yeah. days, you were watching SportsCenter and it would flow into an NHL game. Right, so right. it was yeah. a great lead-in. Yep. Today, no one's watching SportsCenter. I, I don't think I've watched SportsCenter for more than a minute or two uh, I, in years. I don't even I'm know the last time. Hey, you, know, you. You, know what, you know what the downfall, and, and maybe Earl can attest to this too, it, 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 it happened all over the world. Like, it happened all over entertainment. You had ESPN, which was a staple of what you watched. And then when we grew up, there was video countdown shows, right? Sure. So yeah. 106 in Park, and then you watched TRL, and, and they told you what videos was hot. People used to go in there. People, And then when you don't have those, it's just like, I just find myself yearning to be like, hey, man. What's the nice video? Who's next? Who's right. up? And well, it's just not in the, in the public sphere anymore. Not anymore, that, which is stunning to me. I never thought that would go away. Ever. Even before that, you used to get, like, Billboard magazine. and Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You'd yeah. see the charts. Sure. Rolling Stone. Absolutely. You know what's amazing? Last, speaking in that vein, last there's a new documentary just came out about We Are the World. Really? Just came out on Netflix this week. It's a great song. And it's an it's about two hours. I watched the first hour and 15 minutes last night. Did you see the part where they all trash on Cindy Lauper? Uh, they mentioned it briefly. <laughs> I don't think we've got that because I still have 45 minutes to go, which okay. I'll watch tonight. But um, what was what kind of blew my mind was, so they ended up doing it the same night as the American Music Awards, which at the time, are American Music Awards even still around? Yes. They okay, are. But they, nearly as big a deal. But in those days in the 80s, I mean, that was huge. Absolutely. Every big celebrity would yeah. go to that. And what I didn't realize, you know, this I think Be Other World was in 84? It was 84 or 85? I can't remember. So I was 13, 14, whatever yeah. it was. And there were, like, one of the award categories was Best Black Artist. Like, it was separated 
And I was just like, wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah it was, I was just like, you got to think like, about this. What? Michael Jackson. I'm glad yeah. that's no longer. Michael Jackson was the first person, black person ever on MTV. Like, he, like when they showed Billie Jean, black people, matter of fact, black people couldn't even get MTV because you had to add it to your package. Right. And no cable like that. And a funny story about We Are The World. Prince refused to be in it. Yes. Well, they mentioned they that. Talk, I, I, they <laughs> talked about it a little bit, but check out this documentary. Check it's it out. Yeah. It's a behind the scenes of how it was started. You see, you know, some of the people now, like Lionel Richie, who's had a lot of work done, but he's Ooh. one of the big ones. Kenny Loggins, have you seen what this guy looks like recently? Doesn't even look like the same guy. Oh, my God. When I saw him recently, I go, yeah, are, are we sure that's Kenny Loggins? <laughs> hey, you, Kenny Rogers before he died. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You know what's he so, had a different face. You know what's so funny? Is that a, uh, that, that, a, that a black dude from Canton, Ohio, a Jewish guy from New York, <laughs> and a rich white dude <laughs> from Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> all know about who we are the world. Like, yeah. how does that happen? How well, does that, well, how that does, you so know, we, we're different ages and everything. Like, that, I mean, was, that was so it, You're big. right, Bull. It was, it was massive in the music business. When yeah. I, fr- I remember when I first saw it, the very first time I heard that it was coming out, I may have yeah. even heard it on the radio before I saw the video. Mm-hmm. When I saw the video, I just remember thinking, this has never happened before and may never happen no. again. Oh, oh. Yes. every Ever. single needle mover in the Ever. music industry yeah. was in that video. Yeah, and, I mean, and then you look at all of them, you're like, man, these dudes are still famous. Like, right now, if you go pick through. Which like, yeah. tells you they picked the right people. Right. Pick, right. Most of them are still famous. Although you, Cindy Lauper's only famous for doing an eczema commercial now. And I mean, she, she hasn't made she's music not as in big years and she had, but. She's, she, had, she had a reality she had a reality show where she was on, yeah. and she was really big the for Pointer that. Pointer Sisters aren't yeah. that big anymore. But, no, no. But no. overall, like, you know it who these great. people are. I, I mean, it, it was pretty big. One more thing, speaking of people that have been around a while, I had a chance to chat for the first time yesterday. <laughs> what? People that have been around a while. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. love that. It's a nice Dib. way of saying, speaking of old people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I kind of, like, I met, I met, you know, Leon, the only time I'd seen Leon Bibb was at our softball game. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, I so I had I, I just ran into him when I was leaving yesterday. He was coming in. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, hey, Bull. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, so we started chatting and got to know each other a little bit. It was very nice. He said, he said, I can't play softball with Jay. Jay takes it way too. No, he, didn't, he didn't say that. I'm just kidding. He didn't I say wouldn't that have doubted if he did say it, though. <laughs> no, hey, bro. But uh, I didn't realize that he has spent his entire career only working in Ohio. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It really is. He started in uh, Toledo. Yeah, he, he went to Toledo. Bowling Green. Went to Bowling that's Green. That's where he got his, his education. First, he told me his first job. I think it was, was it Lima or to, maybe it was Toledo. I'm pretty sure it's in Toledo. Now, I can't remember. Yeah, I think sure. you might be right. And I then Columbus, and then he's been in Cleveland yeah, forever. That's, that's it. amazing. Now, he's been at three and five. He's kind of bounced right, right, back right. and yeah, forth yeah. between the two of us, but... He's my favorite person to talk to in the newsroom. So nice. And I can't just bump into him and have it be a hi, how you doing? Yeah. Because he's such a fascinating conversationalist yeah. that he always says, says something that makes me think. Do he's you, just a, he is you, a was very nice. wonderful he was, person. I, he was telling me about his family. It was very, you know, uh, very interesting. My grandmother died when she was 90 a couple years ago. Yeah. And this just goes to show you, she was watching Leon Bibb decades ago. Well, I think he's been on the air. I think we just celebrated 50 years I, on the air or something crazy. like that. This, and we asked him, what's your favorite story? And if you guys haven't seen this, I'm sure it's on the KYC website. Listen to this story. I'll, I'll, I can't remember the address. I just think it was somewhere in East Cleveland. Can't mm-hmm. remember the address. He gets a call from a clerk at a convenience store. Th- that's how popular Leon Bibb was. A- everybody knew Leon Bibb was the best reporter in town. She calls him. She says, Leon, I don't know what's going on, but there are kids coming in on their bikes with $100 bills, plural, many of them. I don't know where they got it. Leon jumps in the news van, races up to the convenience store, and there are kids with pockets full of $100 bills, and they're buying candy with it. Earl, why was you doing that? (laughs) No, listen, this this is the best story you'll hear today. Yeah. Leon says to one of the kids, yeah. where'd you get that money? He goes, I can show you, mister. And he said, put your bike in my van and take me to it. He said, today I'd get arrested for saying that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Straight face. So he said the little kid, they opened the news van, the little yeah. kid put his bike in, yeah. and he, dole, he said, go up here, to take a right, take a right, yeah. go down this street. Okay, now at the, at the stop sign, go left. And he said, come to a house, and there's more money on the ground than you can count. 
Oh my God! And, and people are picking it up and putting it wherever they can. <laughs> it, the what? name of the, the, the story was called the Money House. So here was the origins of the story. Cleveland, once upon a time, was one of the wealthiest cities in the country, and it had some of the wealthiest people. When was this? Like what? What time frame? Well. This the story was in the eighties. Okay, but I, I'm going back to like the turn of the century. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. yeah. A the, mafia game and and the railroad folks yeah. and yeah, there sure. were like if you go into uh, Shaker Heights mm-hmm. and uh, what's the other suburb over there? Shaker's still good. But the beautiful homes, the best architecture of its day. Yeah. Anyhow, this home had fallen into disrepair. Once upon a time, it was a beautiful mansion, fallen into disrepair, had been rented for the last 10 years by a myriad of different families. Finally, it had to be knocked down. In the process of demolition, money was coming out of the rafter, out of the two by four studs in the house. What? Every time they'd hit it, money would fly <laughs> everywhere. What? And they estimated that they had tracked it back to the original owner yeah. was a multi, multi-millionaire. Didn't trust banks. Now, remember, if you lived through the 1929 mm-hmm. Depression, mm-hmm. you know, the stock market crash of 29 and then the Depression of the 30s, yeah. which this person clearly did, Bear there was a distrust in banks like we don't know. Yeah. People would refuse to put their money in banks because so many folks lost everything they had when Wall Street crashed. Sure. So that was the so version of, of the The money election, was yeah. in the house. He was hiding it in different spots in the house. Now, imagine this. <laughs> imagine you were one of the lower socioeconomic families that were renting that house. Oh. And every night when you put your head on your pillow, there were millions of dollars around you and you didn't even know it. Oh my gosh. And it only came out when they knocked the house down. That and Leon tells the story far better what, than I did, do, did, but did, it was just incredible. So they schemed, So the kids was getting the money. <laughs> kids were getting the money. And Founders what, keepers. At, at, at that point, did they <laughs> eventually wipe all the money out? I imagine that it was eventually all claimed. Oh, I got to ask him about that next it, time I see him. He tells it way better yeah. than I do. Leon's a great story. Hey, Jay, real quick, real oh, quick, oh, great oh, story. Oh. A lot of people don't know East Cleveland um, was Cleveland's first real suburb. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. To see where it is right oh, oh, now, yeah. oh. like it's kind of crazy. So it to hear crazy. this story about like the money coming out, like that don't surprise me at all. I saw mm. a documentary on East Cleveland. Didn't even know that was a whole city. Oh, East Cleveland right now. Oh my goodness. I, I, oh man, the, the, the corruption, the, the bandos, the cops that have been indicted and fired, and the public officials. That it's just a mess. Mm. Okay, Mike. A lot to get to today. We're gonna start with one of my favorite offseason topics of the year. First. A word from FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl season to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like the UCSS squad, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel is the place to make those bets, and they're determined (coughs) to help you end football season with not just one W, but two or three or hopefully Many, many more. Not only can you bet on the winner of Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Today, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. That is $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook of the NFL. And today's winning ticket comes from Pickle Nick, who turned $1 into $367.56 with a 14-part same-game parlay in Saturday's Lakers versus Warriors game. $1 into $367.56. We got so many tickets over the weekend, we finally had to put together a spreadsheet to better track the winning tickets. Wow. So if you're one of like the 35 people who sent us in, we're going to try to get to them all. If we don't, we apologize. But now we have a system so we don't miss any future tickets. So 
we have updated here. But shout out to Pickle Nick. We'll give you another winning ticket here uh, in the next hour. Before we dive into the topic, this is FanDuel related. We did a story yesterday uh, at 5 o'clock on Channel 3 about uh, what, what, how much money was wagered in Ohio in its first full year of sports betting. Mm. And the number, I had guessed the number. I knew it was, I, I read the headline. And before I clicked into the story, I guessed the number. And I said, I bet, I bet it's $5 billion. It was seven and a half billion dollars. Wow. Was How did that compare to other states? Events. Do you know? I don't, I don't know, Bill. Yeah, I, I should have looked. That's a good yes, question. I bet you it's on the higher end, per I, per capita, certainly. I would, yes, per yeah. capita for yeah. sure. I remember the Michigan number in its first year was not that big. Right. But here's what blows my mind, guys. Ohioans had seven and a half billion dollars of disposable income? Selective morality. Or do they? Mm-hmm. They don't. Some yeah. people don't. Go, hey, some people drink, uh, you know, 40 ounces every 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 hour. They got they got to have that Miller Lite. They got to have that tall boy. Mm-hmm. But guess what? <laughs> that means they ain't going to have either electric or food wow. or they, but they going to take care of that vice. That, no, so, that's true. But the yeah, tax listen, take for uh, Ohio Some of it's probably massive. a lot. Some of it's rich people that have that money, you know. I, I Yeah, probably. Some of it, but yeah, I would hope, man. Uh, By the way, breaking news, the final uh, coaching spot has been filled. Uh, Dan Quinn is the new coach of the uh, Commanders, okay. who was the Cowboys D.C. Does that surprise any of you guys that he got that? Nah, there was it had been talk about I thought he was going to go. To, I thought he'd end up in Seattle. These, these, and when he didn't, I figured yeah. that. These hires that. are all underwhelming. I have not seen a hire where if I was in that fan base, I'm like, oh, wow, Dan Quinn. Well, Washington, um, was, Washington was waiting for Ben Johnson, and when he said no, this is definitely yeah. plan B. I was really surprised that Ben Johnson definitely plan B. pulled his name from both. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we can talk about the trends. We'll do this quickly because I know we're waiting yeah. to get into this, but there's always a trend that emerges with that year's class of incoming coaches. Yeah. Um, do we think that it's more coaches getting a second chance? Are they going back to that well now? Uh, yeah. I, as I opposed, mean, it's a mix. I th- it feels like a mix to me because there right. are some first-timers. Right. I mean, but you think uh, you think about, like, the biggest names. None of those guys. Belichick didn't get a job. Carroll didn't Vrabel get a job. didn't get a job. Carroll, well, we didn't even – I mean, maybe he wasn't interested, Carroll. I don't know. I think he wants to keep coaching, but uh, – But he wasn't to, mentioned at all. No. You know, Nick Saban, obviously. I don't know if he had I was. I was kind of of the impression I said on this show because we have a very good mutual friend. He didn't tell me this definitively, like I heard this from Mike's mouth, but yeah. I know they've had in-depth discussions about his future, and he was leaning, saying Mike's going to take a year. I, I wouldn't be Which surprised. Which makes sense if he for him. I mean, somebody will hire him. It makes him perfect year. sense for him because he's probably watching with a very sharp eye what happens in Columbus if he wants to go back that route right, right, right. and go to college. He'll have um, his pick of jobs next I, cycle. I agree. College with you. or pro, whatever he wants. Yeah, I, I the, agree with that. I think yeah. he will. But it is a mix because this is a second chance for Dan Quinn. It Obviously, yeah. Raheem Morris right. was a coach once before. And it did seem to me like the trend was they were going with not no name first timers, but right. first timers that had a very short track record of being a coordinator. That's true. And now it uh, seems like maybe yeah, they're saying, I mean, let's go back to the experienced well and maybe like Bill Belichick and so many others, Pete Carroll, they'll get it right the second time around. Yeah. Pete Carroll first time around was a terrible NFL coach. He was. Terrible. Yep. And Bill Belichick obviously had some success, but yeah. it was mixed. I think he figured it out the second time around. And right. So we'll yeah. see. That's you learn. Well, we mentioned FanDuel a second ago. Let's start with, uh, it's always the first look-ahead topic that comes before the Super Bowl. The week before the Super Bowl, all the sports books put out there, 2025, or I guess in this case, the next year's Super Bowl odds before the Super Bowl is played. Super Bowl 59. Exactly, which will be next year's Super Bowl. And obviously, there's a million things that will change in all these teams before we know. But the Browns opened up on FanDuel at 50-1 to odds to win next year's Super Bowl. That is tied for the 18th best odds in all of football. Tied with Atlanta and Indianapolis. It's the third best odds in the AFC North. They're well behind Cincinnati and Baltimore, way ahead of Pittsburgh. The 10th best odds in the AFC, which could be a little bit surprising. On other sports books, the Browns are much shorter odds. They were 35 to 1 on Bent Rivers. So they if you open 50 to 1? Because I thought yesterday you said they, they opened, opened 30, 30 to 1. 30 they're to now one. to 50 to okay. 1. Okay, yeah, that, that's significant. Sorry. They were 30 to 1. I'll say why. Now they're minute. 50 to 1. Yeah. But as of this morning, 10 a.m., the final check, they were 50 to 1 odds. Other sportsbook had them around 35 to 1, but we're a FanDuel show, so we use FanDuel. So if you're yeah. going to bet, use FanDuel, bigger payout if you like the Browns. Do you feel like that's a, a little underselling the well, Browns' you prospects a, heading to the next year? Here are the AFC teams that have shorter odds than the Browns. We'll just do AFC because it's hard to compare odds between it is. conferences because the NFC is weaker, so some teams that may be not as good might have better odds because Fact. it's a little easier to get in. Yeah. 
So the AFC, here's the order. There are nine teams with better odds, right? right? The Chiefs are plus 750. The Ravens are plus 900. The Bills are plus 1,200. The Bengals are plus 1,500. The Dolphins are plus 2,000. The Texans are plus 2,500. The Jaguars, Jets, and Chargers are plus 3,000. And then the Browns tied with, as Mike said, the Colts. What do you make of at that? At plus 5,000. I'm a little surprised. I think where where Bet Rivers the has Jets them is a- better. Oh. I think it makes sense that they should be about 31. <laughs> well, the money moved this number, clearly. I guess, but how much money? Mike, are you sure you didn't look at the wrong book initially? No, I'm 100%. I have the screenshot on okay, my desk from yesterday. Okay, because the change that much like, well, that's in one money. day. That's money that moves but it that much. how many people are betting on the Super Bowl in the first day? That's the day to do it. Yeah, I guess. If you're going to take a shot, if you're going to take a shot on a team, yeah. the first day that odd is established and that bet but is But you would think if people bet on the Browns, it. the odds would go the opposite direction. People are not betting on the Browns. I see what I, you're saying. I'm a little that's, su- that's what I'm saying. So so the money is moved by the people. The, once the line is established, that number moves based on Now, clearly if what it's almost a Futile effort to talk about it. Yeah, but just we don't know what's going on. Start, we're talking about point. it because yeah, we have it. Point. I get that, but like that number will yeah. continue to change sure. after the free agent signings, after the draft, anything like that can well, also move it. But yes. I'm, I'm shocked, Bull, yeah. that it moved that much. Yeah, that I means mean, there's a lot of people out there that do not think much of the Cleveland Browns. Well, and it, and it, it has to do ultimately, and the thing that's not going to change for the Browns is that there's a lot of that don't know what to expect or don't expect a lot from Deshaun Watson. And that's okay. that's what the odds tell me. Now, that doesn't mean they're right. I'm leaning more on the, your first part of that. Yeah. We don't know what to expect. The, the odds tell me, what, what that tells me is yeah. people think the Browns is fool's gold. Well, they, that too. They, they think they, they were an anomaly you got, this year. You, you had a nice couple records. 40 to 1. Yeah, right. I mean, really? That and, was, and look, they almost beat the Browns on a Hail Mary last so year. So look at this. You but, got Chicago. If they bring Wilson back, if they bring Fields back, right. they got DJ Moore. They got, you know, now you got an op- They're going to have two top five picks. They are. That's probably why they're they ranked just, so high. They could be like, let me get Marvin Harrison Jr. And let me go get the best available player. Well, and they, or they could, if they keep Justin Fields, they could trade one of those picks and get more first and round get two more first whatever. Get a, I, I, just, I, just, that's, I think that's what they're going to do. Right. If I you're keeping fields, you might as well trade the first overall pick. Right. Because somebody will trade up for a quarterback to give you even more. I, I just think people. Once you start to look at, you know, once the uh, once the Kool Aid wears off, right? Even I don't drink Kool Aid three times a week in the off season. It's just, just bad. Bad for your health. Bad for your teeth too. Uh, you got to be realistic. <laughs> you got to start looking at this roster and skimming through it. I'm like. Well, do I really like this, this this offense more than I like this team? No. And then you got to take into consideration, well, C.J. Stroud and them just beat you last year with a bunch of – and they didn't, even have, they didn't have a lot of people playing. True. So, uh, how high are you going to put the Browns over other people? You, you know, you take a look at the Jets. The Jets got Brees Hall. The Jets got Garrett Wilson. Uh, you know, the, Their number is what it is because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers coming right. back. Like, yeah. And they had a good defense. So, But Aaron Rodgers is 40, too, and coming off an Achilles injury. But he has exactly. a track record. He does. It, his his, his mo- most recent success is more recent that's, than Deshaun Watson. That's you, true. I didn't look tru- at it that way. Do you You're right. Trust Aaron, who do you trust more to have a, a break, a better season, Aaron Rodgers or Watson? I'd have to say Rodgers. Yeah. Sadly, I'd rather I tr- have Watson because if he does bounce back, I got more years with him. Exactly. But, I, if yeah. you're saying which one would you take for next year, next year only, yeah. I would take Aaron Rodgers. If you're saying the next three, yeah. he'll be 42 in three right, years. Now, yeah. look. Tom Brady, if he proved nothing else, proved that you can still win a Super Bowl at 45 years True, old. True, but he didn't come He's off the a, outlier. He didn't, and he didn't tear his Achilles at 39. No, but he did win a Super Bowl after coming back from a yes, torn ACL, but he was much younger. The yeah. Colts thing is interesting. The Colts is interesting. That means they really like Anthony Richardson. They love Anthony Richardson. Um, yes. They, they, you know, you look, they got Pittman. I don't know why they would let Pittman roll. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You, you need, you need to, they got Downs and Pittman, two young guys. That can really be good tight end or good uh, receivers. You got Richardson. You got two crazy backs. You got Taylor and Moss. Yeah. Why would you? Especially, we had the Bills writer on yesterday. He said the Bills made a conscious effort to make sure they had 
veteran receivers around Josh Allen when he was a rookie. Essentially, Anthony Richardson will be a rookie next year. Yeah, I mean, I would think it, I'd be very surprised if Pittman's not. <laughs> hey, Bills, close. if you if you want, you, let me tell you something, Bills. You you can't just let. Josh Allen run out here. You guys are delusional if you think that you got enough weapons for Josh Allen. I would be over there. I would go give me two more receivers. They got they got Kincaid. They got Knox. The tight ends is good. They got Cook and running back. But you got Stephon Diggs. That's it. Give me another well, dude. Another Gabe good. Davis is still under contract, right? Or not? What did no, you, Gabe Davis is a free agent. I, oh wow. I, I'm not a believer in Gabriel Davis. You never yeah, have he been. Hasn't been great. Nah, he he he. he, he he had one big game in a big game. Yes, and, and that, that kind of put his name. And I think he's lived off that, yeah. I would, you know, if I'm ranking the AFC teams for me in the chances of getting to the Super Bowl, I'd have the Browns higher than 10th in the AFC, but I'd have them closer to 10 than I would to 1. So last year, they were essentially 5th, right? I mean, they were the best wild card. Yes. Oh, they're, they're the fifth season. after the yeah. season. So last year, yeah. they were 5th. It's hard for me to get my mind around the idea that in one year, without losing any major pieces, right, they're going to go from 5th to 10th. It happens all the time. You know what? <laughs> um, uh, 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 I'm not a better, but I have a friend who's kind of like a professional better. He bets way too much. He always told me, don't be fooled by preseason lines. And um, like when you place those bets at the beginning, he said, Yankees odds are always going to be much better than they should be. Right, because Same bet with Chicago. Well, it's and it's the number of people betting on them. Remember, right. no fan base in sports is bigger than the Yankees fan base in baseball. So right. they're all going to bet on their team to win, and that's going to make the odds. It's going to skew the odds. In Cleveland, it's, so Chicago is a much bigger city than Cleveland. I don't know, but the Giants, I think, have the worst odds of anybody. Well, Giants fans, are unlike Yankee fans, I do think they're the same person, typically, but the Giants fans, I think, are more negative towards their team than Yankee fans are. Yankee fans are so obnoxious to me just because, I mean, when they always win, think, even if it's August and they're eight games out, they still tell you they're going to win the World Series. One thing I will say about Yankee fans, to be fair, is Loyal. that every fan base of a team that always wins is obnoxious. That's true. That, I mean, Ohio State fans can be no, like that. We are an obnoxious Laker bunch. fans are like that. Yeah. Patriots fans are like that. It, you know. And it gets even worse when they're losing. What's funny is when I was a kid in the you know in the eighties, the Mets were much better than the Yankees in the eighties. Mid eighties, which is the only decade that the Mets have been better than the Yankees. And Mets fans were way more obnoxious when I was a kid than Yankee fans. Well, and I hated the Mets more than I hated the Yankees. Do you think it was because they finally had their chance to roar and they yeah, were sticking in the Yankees' faces? Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I mean, listen, could the Browns go from the fifteen? And they're really better than that because they didn't have the fifth best record. They had the Third. Second best record. I think right? they're third. Weren't third. 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 Tied. Third. Tied. Tied. Yeah, Whatever. But we, we see it all the time. Teams go from the third team to the 10th, from yeah. the 10th to the third. It happens all the time. And, and, Doesn't mean it's going to happen to the Browns, and, but it's you, not unusual. And I, I can understand why they put them at that, that, yeah. that ranking because look how many people was hurt. Like the Bengals will be different. The Jets will be different. Well, we had a lot uh, of people hurt too. We did. We did. But Our quarterback. But here's the thing. They already valued those quarterbacks over ours to begin well, with. Well, that's true. Like, so Justin Herbert, they, they're going to be better. People think Harbaugh is going to do the I'm job. I'm surprised the Chargers are so low. If I was going to place a bet, it would be on the Chargers. You've got a quarterback that's, or a coach right. now that's won at every level. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl in the NFL. He's coming off a college football national championship. He's got a premier quarterback, and I, th I like the defense there, too. I, they, it's surprising to me how poorly they performed. But considering but, how bad they were, their odds aren't too bad. I mean, well, I where, think they where are, are they? They were with they us, were like, right? No, they were like 30 to 1, I think. Let me see. Let me double check that. I, I, got, I got it up. Both that's worth a flyer. Really, Chargers were plus 3,000. That's worth a $100 flyer to me. Yeah, sure. I mean, the Chargers, and I, I actually think the Chargers and the Browns are good bets at their price. Uh, I do. I think the Browns are good. Yeah, that was too. that yeah. was my next question. I mean, obviously this will change, and a million things are going to impact this before the season comes around. But at fifty to one, it feels like a pretty good flyer price for a team that proved overcame immense amounts of adversity last season. And fifty to one, if you simulate the season fifty times, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion the Browns cannot win one. Like I feel like those odds are pretty good if you're at, eyeing the Browns heading into next season. As constituted. No. Well, I mean, but we don't know what, how anything's going to play out here, G. Like, well, a million you know variables. what? This bet, you're really betting on Andrew Berry. That's yeah. what you're doing. If yeah. you believe yep. in Andrew See, Berry. I disagree. I think you're betting on Deshaun Watson. 
Well, no, that's the elephant yeah. in the room, of course. I mean, we all agree if Deshaun Watson doesn't become Houston Deshaun, we have a problem. However, if you are of the mindset that he will return to some semblance of that, and we saw it in his last half of football, then you're ultimately betting on Andrew Barry. Can he sprinkle in the pieces that Deshaun needs to find that success? Let me ask you a question. Now, listen, people, first of all, it's the offseason, so this is what we do for a living and speculate and talk about different things. So shut up in the chat. Don't be talking about, oh, my gosh, why would you ask that question? You're just doing this because you're stirring the pot. That's what we do for what a living. What are we stirring the pot about? Uh, listen, seven. You just mocked the chat. That might be the first time I've ever seen you do that. Wait, what are they saying we're stirring the chat on? This is- well, well, no. Here, when we do when we do shows and we, we in the off season, we speculate on the future. We're like stockbrokers. Yeah, we're right, futures. Right. We right, right. trade up, trade down. It is. This is what we do for and a living. And it's just opinion, folks. And yes, it's it's not like it's it's written in stone. People get all ruffled feathers because they went, oh my god. So, fans are so sensitive. Can the Browns be the GameStop stock here? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead. so if you got like, and it's a two part kind of question, but based on what y'all answer, if the Browns say win eight games next year. Mm. Why you eyes? <laughs> His eyes get yeah. that big. That's a disaster. Eight, eight games. Yeah. What does that mean for Andrew Barry and Stefanski? Oh, that's not good. Well, neither one's gotten an extension. Okay. So, uh, so which is still bizarre. If they win eight games next year, I would assume they're getting fired. Uh, which I mean, do you think that they'll go into the season either or both without an extension? I, they shouldn't, but right now it feels like they will. I haven't it's, heard nothing on that front. Yeah. No. Zero. And so my the second part of that question is that should that should motivate or should be the guiding light for Andrew Barry this offseason. If there was ever a time you wanted to go all out, I'd do it just so I could sign that paperwork and get me three, four more years. But think about this for a second. If you don't extend Barry and especially Barry. Although I guess we don't know. It's not like a coach's contract. I don't know if we know for sure he had the same length of contract as the fans. I would assume. I would. just assume. You, you would think that they would line up. Yes. You're right. Think about it from this perspective. But that is an assumption. You're right. right. But think about it for this. Let's say this is Andrew Berry's last year on the contract and they don't extend him. Yeah. If you're Andrew Berry and you think your job's on the line this year, you may make moves that benefit the team in the short term but hurt them in the long term. Because you're, you're like, st- I got to save your my skin. job, yes. Yes. which I get, but you don't want that to be the situation. Do you think there are safeguards in the system to prevent that? In other words, well, maybe it's Paul DePodesta, maybe it's Jimmy Haslam. They might look at that and say, look, Andrew, I see what you're doing. You're, tr- you're thinking about 2024. I'm thinking about five, six, seven, and eight. We can't make that move. Yeah, That's sure. For us Ultimately, the they're the boss. He's the so, boss, right? So there are safeguards that could right. keep him from but making Jimmy it. Jimmy might not that? know any better. Jimmy said that? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Hey, I think Jimmy is the person. He, they Who have say, to. They, he has to. Somebody has to save himself from short term. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I that's think fair. in the in the past you have been exactly right. But I also want to, there. There is a tipping point where you are all in on one year to the detriment of the next year. I th- I think this is that year. Jimmy's going to be here in 25. Yeah, I, I, I would I say this about the Browns though, and I think you guys may disagree, but I do believe this. If Deshaun Watson, I, I hate saying this because we said it so many times, I'm kind of sick of saying it, but if he plays like the guy in Houston, yeah, they can win as is. Yes. Bull, absolutely. I believe that. Okay, because so his you guys talent around him here is better than what it was it's, in Houston. Um, it's not as good as it could be, but it's good enough if he's that guy. Um, they can repeat the win total from last year. Because Amari Cooper far. is way better. Now, listen, he had DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. Right? But his last, few, his last year, he De- did not. De- DeAndre Hopkins at that point was better. Was than better than Amari Cooper, Cooper, right? But he didn't have anybody like Njoku. He didn't have a tight end that good. Not but, that he, good. but he had Brandon Cooks, who was fast. He had... Uh, yeah, uh, but... Uh, he was a kid. Will Fuller was fast as hell. Did he have yeah. Cooks and, and Hopkins together? I, I think he did. He, did. he had one all... Year that he, he had, had all at least one year. Like, that, that receiving core... But he had a terrible offensive line. Right. And he had no running game. In theory, he's going to have a good offensive line. In theory... And he's going to have a good running game. Can I tell, game you, can I tell you what back. he said about Patrick Mahomes? Now people will make it seem like I, I said he was scared of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He said when he was talking to Quincy Avery, he said, "Listen, they were talking about the game between the Ravens and the uh, and Ravens and the Chiefs." Yeah. Well, um, he did another 
one this week. I was just see, I was watching it on. I think he was. He, he might have had another one. He was like, "Listen, yep, I, I think it was part of the same one." Okay, I think uh, it might. Well, was be. he talking about the game that yeah. happened yes. already? So he said, he, "Don't take my overtime quote here." He said, oh. if you "No, put, he's talking about Deshaun Watson, right?" Yeah, he said, oh, oh, if, if, yeah. "If Patrick Mahomes, when you play in the Chiefs, he said, I, I trust me, I done played him a lot of times. When you get in that red zone, you better score." You're not going to um, beat him with field goals. Because if you, you can't get no touchdowns, you, Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball, and you're losing. It just is what you will lose. You cannot beat him. by. And I said, oh, dang, man. He, he's right. He understands the climate. He ain't taking the points. Yeah, listen, hey, he, under, he understands <laughs> the, in that the magnitude of it. I, and this is why I want to let people know, if you have any hope of beating Patrick Mahomes and you want to go to the Super Bowl, you cannot say we think we good enough to just do X, Y. No, that's not good enough. You need, touchdowns. You need a bona fide stud squad where you stack. I, I don't disagree. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it wouldn't give them a better chance. Yes. Okay. I'm saying if he's that guy, they can win as is. Now, I agree. That wouldn't that wouldn't encourage me to not get another receiver. <laughs> you can't stand pat with that. No, but I'm saying I do believe. They are good enough as is, but I still want to get better. It's never good I'll enough. I'll say this. They're good enough to make the playoffs as is. Yes. They're not good enough to win a Super Bowl. I, I think they could. I, I just don't think their see odds are very... I d- yeah, I don't see that happening. No, even lower than that. Okay. <laughs> and, and by the okay. way, on the, the, on the take the points thing, um, there's a difference in taking points when you're up 24-10 and down 24-10. Yeah. I, I just and I didn't turn- make that distinction the other day. Like, yeah. if, if the score was reversed... Oh, hell, I'm going for it. I hear you. I, I have to. I just don't even like the term taking the points because that assumes that the field goal is always going to be made, which is completely Well, unfair. it's also when you're going for it on fourth down, you're yeah. also assuming that you're going to eventually keep the sticks going and score a touchdown. No, but the people... That's that, a bigger assumption. The people that argue that you should take the points argue it as if the points are guaranteed and the fourth down is a question mark. The fourth down is a question mark, but so is the field goal. Right, but I think the, the part of the argument you're not factoring in is, okay, you say take the points, you could miss. Even if you convert on that fourth down, yeah, that there's no points assured in that. Okay, that, so you won that play. Right. You still have to keep you, moving the sticks and you, score. But if you had gotten the first down on third down, you would never think, this is well, what, why would we is, not keep going? This, you is, have a chance to keep this going is what we call down. in philosophy a circular argument. McNuggets. Uh-huh. No, that is. McNuggets. You're right. Guys, starting tomorrow night. Our brand of Ultimate Shows launches off. The first ever spinoff. Ultimate Cavs Show is tomorrow night. Myself and Jason Lloyd. About 35 minutes on Cavs and Cavs only. G. Bush is the host of the Ultimate Brown Show. That'll be twice a week. 30 minutes extra Monday and Fridays. The barbershop has ended on UCSS, but that's transforming into the Ultimate Brown Show. Ultimate 216 with Earl the Pearl is coming to you once a week as well. I have an Ultimate Guardian Show. 30 minutes of team-specific coverage. And Earl's show 216 is a little culture sports combo. But the first one launches tomorrow night, 5 o'clock on the UCSS YouTube channel. Me and Jason Lloyd talking. All things Cavs. I think that's going to be a great listen. Should be fun. Because uh, yeah, it will. Y- your basketball mind is A+. Plus. I think Jason Lloyd's basketball mind is an A+. Plus. I learned something from both of you guys just about every time you talk about basketball. I think for Cavs fans, that is going to become absolute mandatory viewing. And G-Show's going to be awesome. Earl's show's going to be, be great, awesome. Yeah, they're all going to be great. Yeah. So we're really excited. And those will be, I think they launch, a f- tomorrow's the first one. Then it's every day of the week for the rest of the year. Is That's out scheduled out. The so. ultimate Cleveland sports network continues, continues to, to grow. grow. And so. maybe one day we'll get to an ultimate draft show when we get there. But right now the Senior Bowl is going on down in Mobile. The Browns will have a first-round pick, so it's kind of changed a little bit how we look at the Senior Bowl and analyze some of the players. But, G. Bush, I know you're in the lab constantly watching these guys. Bull, you're not as invested in the Senior Bowl as before. Jay, you said you watch it differently than before. So I did watch it We have different perspectives yeah. from the panel. G., you want to start? What are your big takeaways from the Senior Bowl so far, even though the Browns don't have a pick? I was looking at the, the receivers, uh, you know, from Georgia, still. Lad McConkey, <laughs> and uh, Roman Wilson from uh, Michigan. Yep. Now, Roman, Roman Wilson, been, he been, he been getting a lot of separation on these dudes. He's pesky. Yeah, he is. I he's, like uh, him a lot. He is. Uh, but will he be around? No. I don't think so not, either. <laughs> no. We'd have to trade up to yes. get him. And, and that's the thing that, that, that hurts a little bit because – when I'm looking at these positions and some of these receivers in the Senior Bowl, it's it's they're, they're not around. They're not they're not very, re, really there. There's another guy that's really standing out too, 
is the kid from Toledo. They talking about this kid from Toledo being the first corner off the board. This guy, he, he's just a monster. Like he plays press coverage, long, athletic. Um, he's he's one of those 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 corners that Seattle made famous. Um, and and he's from Toledo. He he's going to be a first round pick. You look at overall in, in, with the Senior Bowl and um, another guy, Penix. Penix has been showing up. He has a strong arm. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was. His stock was going to drop a little bit. I just think that uh, they couldn't do nothing with Michigan up front. They, Michigan um, just had a better game plan, better coached. Um, and but Penix is a guy that, that just moving up a little bit. A lot of uh, a lot of people really, really like this next Blake Corum. A lot of people like Blake Corum. People have been saying like he's the typical Cleveland Browns type running back. He's not really a fast guy, but he's a dude that could break tackles. He got better feet than people thought. Could catch the football a little bit, and he just always moves forward. So people like him uh, as a as a goal line back. So Michigan is moving around doing their thing a little bit. Um, and you know, for me, I hadn't really taken a look at the linemen. Um, there's a because we got a stockpile. We got like five or six guys. We got to make a decision. But this this guy from this edge rusher, Leilu Tutu or something. That's his name. From UCLA. This man, hey, if I could have a first-round pick, boy, I would go get that man in a heartbeat. Now, this is an actual pass rusher, not none of them fake pass rushers. He got moves. He can bend. Got good speed and explosion off the line. Um, he's another dude that I've been watching a lot, too. By the way, they, uh, for what it's worth, I just brought up CBS's Sports' mock draft. They have six wide receivers going in the first round including one guy you mentioned late in the first round, that lad McConkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have him going 31st to the Chiefs. Hey, his oh, route yeah, running. The Chiefs are another oh, one. They come need on. One. They have the, his route running is crazy. They See, have, that's the pain of not having a first-round yeah. pick, guys. They have the Bills taking a wide receiver at 28. They have the Bengals taking a wide receiver. Oh, that's at, that's interesting. At uh, at 18. They have what the, is Boyd's situation? He's a free agent. He is a free agent, so yeah. it's possible – Unlikely, but it is possible they lose both. Yeah, my my thought is, what I think ultimately is going to happen is they're going to they're going to franchise tag T Higgins and trade him, which means he wouldn't end up on the Browns because they wouldn't trade him to the no, Browns. No, I wouldn't think. I think that's what's going to end up happening. Why wow. wouldn't Why wouldn't they just Why Why would why, What would they Why I don't understand that. Well, you can't trade him if he's not signed. Right, but, but what, why would they trade him? Well, if they think they can get assets, more pieces. Right. You tra- as opposed to just getting so nothing. So here's 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 for for example, we we've seen this happen with wide receivers in the past, and we keep saying, wait a minute, why is Tennessee giving up on an all worldwide receiver? Why yeah. is this happening? Yeah, I think for a moment there was the thought in the NFL that well we'll just go draft the next guy. Yeah, this guy and hard. I'm wondering because well, that's, that's been a little different in this running situation. Back forever. This is a little different in this situation because he's their number two wide receiver. Why don't they just franchise but he's, him twice? He will be someone's number one, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't they just franchise him twice? Well, I would. I, that's what I would do. I would, yeah. but, but the, what would the money be on a franchise tag for wide receiver for next year? It's big. I think it's like 17, 18 million. Uh, oh, I was going to guess 20. Maybe I'm wrong. Even if it uh, is. Just I mean, shy should... of, it was, it was 19.75. Yeah, that's where I would have I could it. be wrong. They may just, like, the Bengals don't make a lot of trades. What do you think but... about the new, is there a different philosophy in the Bengals regime? You follow them closer than we do. The, the, the mindset with the Bengals, going back to Carson Palmer, hell, going back even before Carson Palmer. Yeah. They just didn't pay guys. They well, refused they just paid Burrow, it. though. I know, well, Burrow so is an exception. Yeah. Burrow is a generational player. Yeah. Had they not signed long-term Joe Burrow? Yeah, right. Then. Now, I'm wondering if the bean counters with the Bengals didn't say, look, we can do Burrow, yeah. but we can't do Burrow and Higgins. Well, I just, I don't know. I think my feeling is they'll sign Chase to an extension, but not Higgins. I, and, like, and, they and that's could the right pay move. both. But I think they'll only pay Chase, and I think that's you know. The way they I, listen, I can't. I, I for years I was super critical of the way the Bengals did business. Yeah, I still don't think it's perfect because I think ultimately they don't spend as much as they should. But they've made a lot of smart decisions in recent years. They've got a lot of things on right. letting guys walk. They've re-signed most of their important players. Now I don't like letting Higgins go, but of Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, he's the least important of the three. And Without so question. ultimately, if you have to let one go, you let him go. So, but I don't love it. So let me give you this, man. I always go and they to- think that he's they think they've drafted guys that could replace him. Let me let me let me let me get to this. Like I think I, I make the analogy, and yeah. we always talk about it. You know, there's 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 superpowers in the world. It's, it's, you, first of all, it's on the United States. 
But then you got rivals like China and Russia, right? And so the United States spends billions and more than every other country combined. And people say, we need to get rid of that. Military spending, what, we doing too much? We, well, why not, we not anymore. We're behind China, significantly behind China. Well, well, well here's the thing. When, you, when I read this thing, they said United States can win a war. Everybody in, in the world versus the United States. The United States could fight on every front. How long ago was that? This was a, this was, this, this, I, I'm going to send it to you. It's devastating. Send it to me because I'm I, I read a terrifying report yesterday that was exactly the opposite it, of that. It was, it's a guy from, he is a special uh, ops guy from the UK. And he said, based upon his intel, because he, he's like, yeah, sure. their version like of Navy what we have yeah. versus what yeah, other yes. Which, and, he, anyway. and he was telling so, them, yeah. like, yes, yeah. you go. So here's the reason. I'll get to my point. Yeah. Um, the reason why the, the, the people should go out and, and make sure that they have weapons is not because it is like frugal or they just want their team to be better. It's the opportunity cost that other teams have. So if I have a quarterback and all things are equal, right? Other teams have great quarterbacks. Like, what is the what is the domino effect of letting T. Higgins walk? Yeah, ultimately, and then walk I think right be, to the Browns and go to Deshaun Watson. You're like, well, hold on. Again, I don't uh, think he. I think if he goes, they're going to trade him. So I don't think he's going to end up on the Browns. Ultimately, I don't like the idea of them letting him go. Well, but I, I love. I get Bulls. what you're saying. It's a good point. The Bulls' plan, though, yeah. is playing chess and not checkers. And here's why: if you let T. Higgins hit the open market, oh, he's coming to Cleveland. Yeah, right. Be sure well, of that. If you don't and you sign him, now you can trade him to, to Seattle. Oh, yeah. You can do whatever you want. Right. Go play for the Cardinals. And, and, and there is value, obviously. There's strength by addition or subtraction by uh, addition by subtraction. They would look at it as we're not going to sign him. We're not going to keep him long term. We can't afford that. However, we don't want him showing up in Baltimore, Pittsburgh, or Cleveland. So we're gonna right. sign him, and we're gonna send him where we yeah, want. Yeah, that's him to go. better than letting him become free agent. I still don't like it. I would yeah. like them. And it's I, a game of chicken because of the, what if Cleveland gives you the best offer? Right. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I just think that in the end, what made the Bengals able, you know, the only team that's been able to beat Mahomes or the only active, you know, quarterback or active quarterback to beat Mahomes, part of it is Burrow. Obviously, he's a great player, but part of it is that they have two. They have Jamar Chase is one of the three or four best receivers in football. And then another guy who's top 15. There, there is, yeah. they're, they're one of the few teams that have that. There's so. a lot of mojo if Higgins yeah, is not yeah, yeah. in a Bengals uniform. Jay, back year. to the topic at hand here. How have you watched the Senior Bowl this week? So I was on the treadmill yesterday, and I, I, I thought there was something wrong with ESPN's feed because they were just letting that sound in. There was nobody talking over it. Mm, that's weird. Which was Did interesting. Like What's that? Did you enjoy that? I, I learned more. I was going to say, that kind of sounds good. I, I learned more, and here's why. The portion that I was watching were the one-on-ones with offensive tackles and defensive ends. And you could hear the coaches and yelling the instructions at both of the players. Oh, I love that. It was fascinating. And I'm glad whoever's decision it was at ESPN to let that coverage breathe and not put Mel Kuyper and Ryan Clark talking over it it was a brilliant move. I would have watched more of it because I was learning more about each individual player. Now, the one thing that was missing was the context as to exactly who we were looking at. So I thought what they could have used was a traffic cop saying, okay, this is Alabama's left tackle and this is Texas A&M's uh, defensive end and give me some names because I was just looking at... Just looking at helmets. Helmets and yeah. uniforms. And I, obviously, I'm not a college scout, and I'm not an NFL scout, so I don't know these names. I don't know. Now, many of them I would have recognized if I was told who they were. But it was really interesting. Now, the other way that I watched it differently is most years I was dialed in to this. Mm -hmm. Some years I was involved in the coverage. So I was really deep diving on all the college players that were out there. But because the Browns have such an insignificant pick, it, I can't invest like I used to. Like when it was the one or the three mm -hmm. or the five, man, I studied the draft as much as anybody. Well, but it, now yeah. I'm just like, hell, they're going to take 50, 50th pick or whatever it is. 54. 54? Like yeah. I just can't get For much of the in. last, you know, I'll say since I've been covering the team for 14 years, uh, we were not only talking about the team. 
Bowl and the, and the Combine and the draft. We were talking about the draft in November. That's not an exaggeration. No, that's I mean, how many years have we talked Browns draft in November no, you're right. because they had a first-round pick or many times multiple first-round picks, and they were awful, so there wasn't worth talking about the roster or the team currently. You're and we about paid more attention to college football, too, to see what the quarterbacks Absolutely. were doing. Absolutely, but now, yeah, as you say, now it could change if the Browns trade up. Right. You know, do they, we've talked about this. Greg Newsom could be a very uh, interesting guy that they could combine with a pick to move up. Aren't those trade-ups usually draft day or draft week? It, sure. Uh, so often. I, and then, uh, I, and then a, I would in really a, in dive a, in. In the second round, in the second or third rounds, those trades usually happen during the round. But the first round trades happen if there's a massive one, uh, maybe a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, the Browns aren't trading well, up to a top 10 pick. I no, they'd think, have to but, give up too much. But yeah. I, I think they could trade up to get into the end of the first round. Sure. And you'd have to give up picks, and they would be second and third rounders. But, right. gosh, I, I just uh, I just watch it differently. I'm not yeah, as into not the as draft. Because machine. you know that the players being focused on are guys that are probably not going to end up on the Browns. Exactly. It, it, you're at a different point in your life, though. Yeah. Like, the life process of the Cleveland Browns is when we were all – 99 came up, we we trying to figure it out. we trying to put some studs and foundation pieces, trying to – we're just trying to hit it, right? we just trying to make sure every – we can get a guy that could play. Now, we whiff on those guys, and you get to a point where you say, okay, let's mortgage some of these picks because we ain't good at them anyway to get guys that we can play right now. It's what happens when you get a Watson, what happens when you want to go out and get Amari Cooper and guys like that. But now you're at a position in your life where it's like, you know, am I going to go home and play video games for 10 hours? No, I ain't, got, I ain't got the time to do it. The Browns ain't got the time to be talking about no third and fourth round picks. Like, fans ain't excited about those guys. And if you look at the track record of it, third and fourth round guys are third and fourth round guys. You, you, can't, you, you can't depend on those guys to come in a fourth rounder and, but the and good change teams, the world. The good teams will have a bunch of guys in those rounds that are good players. That, that play above their draft position. At certain positions. I think the Browns do a good job at defensive back. Oh, and the Browns have done that at, at certain positions. And defensive yeah, Juan, back. Emerson. Um, but, the, but that receiver game, they need to go to I a I hope camp. in the past year the organization has done a deep dive on what attributes they prioritized at wide receiver. Because I can't because tell. They, they got them wrong. And I had a draft expert tell me they've closely looked at the last three wide receivers the Browns have drafted, and here's what the, his takeaway was. Jay, they weren't A-plus in anything. Right. Now, granted, they weren't first right. and second rounders, but he said you can get right. somebody that does something extremely Elite. well. And what he said is of the four classes that we put on wide receivers with speed, hands, route running, and toughness, yeah. ability to go over the middle – it's like they didn't draft any of the four except for Anthony Schwartz that was above average in any of those four categories. And his and he was above he had elite speed. He had speed. That but, was the only but, thing he had. But F hands. You're right, you're right. So what <laughs> his his takeaway was, and and that's not me saying that, that's an NFL scout no. who told me, Jay, however it is that the Browns are prioritizing the attributes that you needed to make a wide receiver great. They need to go back to the drawing board there because they've missed consistently in the same way. Yeah. By by the way, the Browns, you may remember, had five first-round picks between 2017 and 2018. They had five in two years. They took Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers, David Njoku, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward. Three of the five are still here. Yes. Since then, it's been five years, 2019 to 2023. There's been five drafts. Browns have had two first-round picks in their last five years. Jedrick Wills and Greg Newsom. Wow. Crazy. Well, that's the that's price it. of being in, better. In fact, the last two years, I forgot in 2022, the Browns have not even drafted. Their highest draft pick in the last two years is third round. Yeah. Mm. They traded out of the second round last year, of course. Uh, their highest draft pick since Greg Newsom in 2021 was Martin Emerson in last in two years ago at 68. So they have not wow. taken a player before 68 in the last two years. Well, 68's the third round. That's right. Yeah. So they haven't drafted first or second round. What's the deal? I mean, and they, is- they won't this year either. They'll have a late second round draft. Yeah. But, well, you know what? One of Andrew Barry's tactics is, is to dr- move down. Yes. He's done it. He's done it enough. Yeah. Well, I just hope they re- reevaluate how you value wide receivers. No doubt. what you've done has put this franchise in a miserable hole. Well, tomorrow, they've got to get out of it. 
We're going to spend a lot of time tomorrow evaluating Andrew Berry's offseason moves as we get prepared for 2024's offseason. If you're in the chat, do us a favor, hit the like button. If you're not already a subscriber, hit the subscribe button. It does us a lot of good work on the back end of YouTube, and from your end, it's totally free. So help us out. Help us get UCSS to everybody out there. I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday, guys, and as I always, I'm just keeping my eye out for what's going on, seeing if I find anything interesting. And I came across this clip from DNVR Sports. I've kind of told you guys what it's about. I'm going to play it. You guys have not heard this. And I want your instant reaction to this clip from DNVR Sports. You ready? Yep. And let's take it. That the Broncos are the Denver Saints. I think it is. They, they were a very successful organization and team. Um, I understand why Sean wants to recruit his guys over here and get some of the same players, same energy, uh, the same winning culture. Um, now, if they were... The Cleveland Browns for the last 10 years, I'd be like, keep them out of the building. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they were very successful, so I think it's good to, you know, bring them along. Yeah, like, it doesn't hurt. Like, it's just what happens, you know. It's not really a surprise. Like, you bring in a head coach, he's going to, when you got to fill a role, you fill it with somebody you know. Unless, unless like, you're Raheem Morris, for example, who wasn't all that successful in his first job, and so he didn't. He probably won't bring a lot of people who were on his staff the first time with him. But again, like when it's Sean Payton, who is the same at the same place for like 15, 16 years. Brown's caught a straight shot. Is that the ultimate Denver sports show? That is DNVR. That uh, is their version. I, I almost fell asleep. Um, why you bring us that stuff? That's the, that's I think it's just someone that was ill-informed. Uh, now, for the most part, he's right. Uh, We've played good. two playoff games in the last 10 years. I think what he was talking about was, like, in 2020, you could have said that, and it would have been absolutely in the middle of the bullseye. Mm-hmm. Because for the 2020 to 2010 era, there was no example in pro sports that was worse than this one. Yeah, But we're not in that space anymore. We have had only two playoff games since then. So My point, who the, who the hell are the Denver Broncos right now to talk about? Well, Cleveland did they Browns. beat us? Well, this year, yeah. yeah but so, I mean, there they, is that. <laughs> but, I mean, look at the last five years. Denver's been horrendous the last couple of years. I get it. You know what? But, I they get it. but they've won a couple of Super Bowls, if you take okay. it in totality. Now, in fairness, the Browns have been one of the worst. If you look at the past decade, they are 29th in wins so, over the past decade. That's a fair. The only teams that are worse, the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars. Wow, the Giants are worse. Yes. They've been terrible. They've New been York horrendous. football yeah, the last horrendous. decade. Uh, oh, my disaster. God. However, these guys are a bunch of slapdicks. Who the hell knows who they are? I don't know. Who are those guys? What are their names? <laughs> D-N-V-N-R. I don't know. Well, they would watch us and say they the same were thing in fairness. They would no, say they the same would. thing. Jay, you were on ESPN. They well, know you at least. But they wouldn't know us. I mean, from... from I know, but I got to take a shot at them. They're making fun of uh, our team. You Long know what I'm saying? There you ball, go. Yeah, yeah I mean, come right on. I don't know them. They might be nice guys. But... The clip had like 84 views. I think we just gave them more publicity than they got in their own. That's so. true. I mean, look, man. But who the hell are you to take a shot at the Cleveland Browns look, like look, that? You're coming this, off a season <clears> where you just lost. You have 70 points to the Miami what Dolphins. The, what did they finish? Eight and nine? They, not in the playoffs. No, I didn't. I know that. I, I asked what they finished. Worse than the Browns. But yeah. they beat us head to head. I only got one hand to talk and one hand to search and look this up, Jay. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I know, but I think I mean, eight and nine. But here's, like I said, look, they 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 beat us. Unless you win consistent, it's they were eight it's, and nine. It's all based on your reputation, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, the Giants still maintain a little bit of this. We're a good franchise. That's why I was so surprised. Right. That they told me that they were in the they were below us. <clears throat> yes, I think they're thirty first. I think only the Jaguars have less wins than the Giants. Stunning. That, maybe the Jets too. But but uh, like there's there's a part of your brain because when we grew up, like the Gi- or maybe not early early, but like. In the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s and the 2000s, the Giants were good. Now, yeah. they've been a crappy franchise for a while now, since basically since the end of, you know, last few years of Eli Where does on. Denver fit in that list over the last decade? I'll tell you. I'd be, I'd be interested to know that because Denver's history is not recent history. Their history was Peyton Manning won the last Super Bowl for them. Yeah. John Elway won two Super Bowls for them. Before that, they when they were the Orange Crush, they went to a Super Bowl and didn't win. I have it. I but, have it. So I mean they've they've got a nice track record how, how many, over their franchise. How many times how many times they've been to the Super Bowl? I would say six. They they're eighteenth, so they're near the middle. Of what? In terms of wins. Denver how, is. What about yeah. uh, Super Bowl how many times have been to the Super Bowl? I bet seven. Oh, I don't know, the last ten years? I mean they've no, won ever. They've won three. 
Well, I know won. they lost two with Elway. Right, they won and they two lost with, with Craig lost Morton two. when they were the Orange Crush. Right. Didn't didn't Peyton go one and one in the Super Bowl? Yep. Peyton was one and one. They did lost go the one and one in the Super Bowl. So yep. I think they're probably three and four in the Super Bowl. Losers. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so they, like, we have any championships. It's like saying the Bills are losers. They're zero and four, but yeah. they've been and, there, and, and, and we and, haven't. And, and let's be clear. Losers. Here, here's here's the most. What does that, that make us though? Watch this. We just haven't had a chance. We're the, winners. The, the, Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. The Cleveland Browns. Innocent till proven guilty. That's no. winners till proven. That's losers. horrible logic. But here's the Mike. thing. The, the, Browns fans make fun of other fan bases, even though the Browns have probably been the worst franchise. In the last 30 the, years. The Browns are the, in only, the NFL. only franchise Can the Browns you look that have. up? Because I don't even think it's a problem. <laughs> the only fr- I think it's a slam dunk. <laughs> the only franchise that has never been to a Super Bowl or never even hosted a Super Bowl is Cleveland. That's Detroit. true. No, and Detroit. no, Detroit's hosted. Oh, well, that, that doesn't, I know, it doesn't but, count. But you've never been involved so with at least anything. Detroit, yeah, but that's not any kudos to the No, team. but the host, city host, can host say we have a Super Bowl, Bowl history. Huge. We host it I hear once. you, but that, that's about the city, not about the town. That's I mean, true. It, but what he said is also one. factual. What like, you said is factual. We have never been a part Jacksonville, of nothing. Jacksonville has hosted a Super Bowl. So, so when you Houston? say – Houston is host, host multiple Super Bowls. So if you if you're gonna take shots at, at the city of Cleveland, you could just be like, listen, not only are your team is trash, your city is trash. So too. we are the only one of the 32 that has never played Nothing. in or hosted a Super Bowl. Can't even. If sniff. you look, if you Google search Super Bowl Cleveland, doesn't exist. I mean, stuff will come up because they'll say Cleveland didn't make it to the Super Bowl right. again. All right, <laughs> but I looked up. Best winning percent. This popped up. Best winning. Per- I, I did winning percentage because the Browns were out of the league for three that's years. That's fair. So you yeah. don't want to just do wins. And some right. of these teams haven't been around for 30 no, years. No, that's fair. Since 1990. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Where are the Browns in winning percentage? What's that? What do you think? I would say they're probably 31 or 32. 4.432 winning percentage. Oh, no, but where are they ranked, I'm saying? Oh, probably 30th. They are dead last. That's what I would guess. What is their winning percentage? And a .432 is high. Yeah. 35.7. So that means over the last 32 years, the Browns have won one game for every three they lost. Yeah. Or two. Basically. Uh, little, 35% would be yeah. one. You would be one in two, right? To put that in perspective, the second worst team, you want to guess who that is? You might. Win percentage? Second worst? It's actually a tie. There's a tie for third. Is it an expansion team? No. Uh, so it's a team the that's Lions, been Detroit. The Lions yeah. and Arizona are actually tied. They have the exact same record since 1990. Now, what, what is their winning percentage? It's almost 41. That's It's almost <laughs> five percentage points. Better. So we're all, God. I don't care crazy. about numbers. This is the one time I don't care about stats. Yeah. Screw these guys in DNVR. No, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely screw those guys. Well, I'm with that too, but I mean. But, I get that why they would say that. And it I wasn't mean, like they went on and on about no, it. No, he made just one mentioned comment. Cleveland. I'm, I'm, this is As, the, you, it takes all – the Browns have been so bad for so long. Like, when fans were going – how many fans did we have making fun of the Steelers and Bengals early in the season? If you look at Twitter. Like, yeah, that's embarrassing. You can't be doing that. Right. Browns fans just don't do that, coming, Like, what's no, that? Browns, Browns fans don't do that. Oh, there was victory lapping. <laughs> look, at, look at my – Every was, fan base does that. Now, every every second tweet from Nick Carnes is about how awful every other team is. Nick, I love you, buddy. We love Nick. But in all fairness, person. you're you also prematurely buried Pittsburgh last year he and this year. He does it every year. I did because but like, because we so badly need them to suck. But yeah, I just I mean I know how good a franchise they've been. I just I don't know. I'm not going to do it again <laughs> next year. But the. In the end, yeah, the bad, Browns have been a brand franchise, but screw Denver, and they have a lot. Their baseball team sucks. How about that? Hey. The Rockies are trash. Hey, hey, look, hey, look. Well, they did win an NBA championship. We'll put a bow in it. Hey, listen, man, you're only good as your last your, your last game, good as your last year. Browns was way better than y'all. We went to the playoffs. You guys didn't. You need to figure out if you got a quarterback. You should be worried about Russell Wilson yeah, they don't even have a Sean quarterback. Payton. You got to figure that out. 
Who's going to be their quarterback next year? They're going to have to draft Joe somebody. Flacco. That's a good question. Yep. All right, we're going to talk a little Cavs here. Darius Garland made his Joe return Flacco. last night. If right. you bet on the Cavs to cover with FanDuel, well, that would not have been a winning ticket because the Cavs did not cover. But happy Super Bowl season to all who celebrate. From FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like us, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has a ton of different ways to help you end the season with not just one W, but two or three or more. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Right now, new customers join today and get $200 in bonus bets if their first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Our second winning ticket today Comes from C-Dub711. He had a 15-leg parlay on the NFL games this past Sunday. $5 won him $290.69. Very nice bet there from C-Dub711. But $5 into $290 on a 15-leg same-game NFL parlay. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.